Buhari supporters are already celebrating. Save Africa. It's your host, your friend, and your comrade in this journey of learning about and sharing our African stories. I can't be your host. Today we're going to be discussing the recently concluded Nigerian elections. We're going to take this in three parts. I think we're going to talk about the candidates who are coming into this in the first place. We're going to look at the stats, the results, everything that happened, um, and try and get some analysis out of that. And then we're going to talk about what all this means and what will be coming next right so <clears throat> let's start with the two major candidates we had one uh current president mohamedou bari buhari um he was a former military ruler um led the country as a military ruler from 1983 to 1985 he came in as part of a coup and was kicked out as part of another coup by somebody who helped him get in in the first place Nigeria was, in fact, wild back in the day. Um, he came back into prominence when he started to run for president again, and he ran four times, running in 2003, in 2007, and in 2011, losing all of those, and then finally winning in 2015 as the opposition candidate to President Goodluck Jonathan at the time. So, that's who he is. Uh, that's who he's come back. Uh, that's the guy who's led the country. Clearly, uh, there was some, at least some dissatisf level of dissatisfaction with his performance over the past four years of his term. So, people collected against him and they uh, fielded a candidate by the guys who were the former ruling party in PDP. So, PDP has ruled the country for most of its existence as a uh, democratic state. Um, they ruled the country for roughly 16 years. And uh, Atiku Abubakar was going to be the candidate to take back the reins and bring the presidency back to their party. Um, he was a former vice president, being part of the ruling coalition from 1999 to 2007 under President Um He had a rough time because at the time when his term was ending, he fell out with his old boss, the president, Oluchego Obasanjo, and that's included allegations of corruption against him. I remember his names. His name wasn't on the ballot in 2007, and it took a Supreme Court ruling for him to be able to run for presidency. But however, people think that that was the first time Atiku Abubakar ran for presidency. In fact, that was his uh, that was his third time actually. In, two, in 1992, he ran against a Nigerian legend, Enko Abiola, who was eventually murdered um, by the Abacha government, but he lost to Enko Abiola. And then he ran again in 2008 against uh, President Buhari and uh, Goodluck Jonathan, losing 
to both losing to both candidates, being one of the losers, I guess. And then, in this case, running in 2019, uh, uh, I forgot the year, in 2019 against uh, Buhari, in which he is so far looked at as the loser. So those are the two major candidates. We did have third party candidates, many of whom dropped out, a bunch of whom came and uh, supported the incumbents, you know, trying to get in favors with who they thought they were winning. But all of those folks are irrelevant uh, for the purposes of this message, especially because the statistics reflect so. Um, we didn't have any other candidates even able to amass 1% of the overall votes by themselves. So for all intents and purposes, they will not be part of this discussion slash analysis. So let's move on to the, the results, right? So I'd like to give a shout out to people who've done phenomenal work in tracking this election. They are the ladies and gentlemen at stairs.ng when they created an election center, which essentially gave us a map and then a very, very well built tracking system that essentially showed us state by state what the election results were. And they had it for the presidency, for the governorship, for the Senate and for the house race, races. And I personally used that to follow the elections for the extent of the day. And the reason why this tool was especially useful was because on Twitter, Everybody was posting some results or another. They were posting this zone, this, da da da. And a lot of that ended up being misinformation. You know, people were saying this state was won by this, and the actual results when announced was very different. Now, I'm not saying that those weren't the results counted at the time, but those were not the results presented officially by the officiating body in INEC. So those are not the results that counted, I guess. Now, their system really helped us you know, track the results and, and look at everything and try to and help us get a really good picture of the entire uh, uh, election process in one piece. Now, let's look at the percentage piece. Now, as you are, you might be aware, President Buhari, the incumbent, won the election. Um, Percentage-wise, he won 56% of the vote to about 41% of the vote. This represents a better result, actually, than his election against uh, Good Luck Jonathan four years ago. In that election, the split was 51% to 45% split. So technically, Gulag Jonathan did better than Atikwa Bubakar did, right? So he also did have the advantage as being the incumbent at the time. So it's perhaps not the most relevant thing to bring up. Now, to look at how they split, kind of the geographic split, the incumbents, um, the APC party, uh, the incumbents of the APC party won 19 states um, with a little over 15 million votes, whereas PDP won the remaining 17 states a little, with a little over 11 million votes. And to some degree, I mean, out of the total, that's not a, I don't want to say that's not a massive gap. It already shows in the percentage points, but it's not necessarily a massive gap. Um, and the results represent a little bit of closeness kind of indicating that both parties certainly are strong still um both parties certainly still have prominence so people assuming that pdp is dead I, I don't think that's a fair assumption to make at least not yet now to discuss kind of the geographical setup um apc the apc candidates uh their stronghold was certainly in the north they won almost all the northern states in nigeria um the pdp candidates are won almost all of the eastern states 
uh, his stronghold was certainly in the east, and his greatest margins of winning were in the east. Now, the only area left was is the southwest of Nigeria. And by the way, the PDP stronghold is in the southeast. Um, southwest of Nigeria, the Yoruba tribe, the last major tribe, was what I would consider a swing area given the results. Um, looking at these states specifically, all of the southwest states except Lagos was won by less than 100,000 vo votes margin. Now, thinking of the millions in votes that were accumulated overall, you understand the significance of that. So that's something to pay attention to. In addition to that, Oyo, one of the states, was won by, by about 1,000 votes. So literally one local government area swayed the other direction and, and you know, somebody else would have taken the state. Um, now, Nigeria's election is for the most part a popular vote election with some limitations on how many states you have to get 25% or, or more votes in. But generally, it's a popular vote election. Now... Looking at kind of the spread, the margin actually across the country was less than 50,000 votes in about six states. Now, that's important also because, you know, there was there were battlegrounds. There were places where um, people made decisions and it was split down the line. So that reflects a bunch of things. First of all, you know, people choose. People had some influence in, in you know, what they where they wanted to go, where they wanted to choose. And that didn't necessarily mean that wasn't always by you know tribal or religious lines so that's important to mention now looking at some other kind of statistical details um the largest percentile margins now for pdp the place where they won the most they won 84 84 and a half percent of the vote in enugu which is a southeastern state um, whereas apc only got 13 percent of the votes however apc raised them Borno states where they got 91% of the votes and PDP only got roughly 8% of the votes under 8%, 7.8 or something like that. So crazy numbers. Um, I want thing to emphasize that Borno states, if you guys are fam familiar with the Boko Haram uh, insurgency, that is actually where the vast majority of it was concentrated, even up until the day of the election. There were attacks and things like that in that area. Now, a lot of folks have raised red flags as, hey, you know, come on, you know, how can these guys with the greatest insurgency have this number of, you know, this high turnout? Because they pretty much had almost a 80 to 90 percent turnout, if I remember correctly, um, versus the number of people who had their uh, permanent vote, voting cards. So people are essentially crying foul. And we will talk about that in this next section where we discuss what the election results means. What are the indicators? What are the things we're looking at? Um, given these results, given everything that has happened over the past couple of days. One, um, Buhari is currently, if things stand as they are, um, the president and will serve the country until 20, 2023. Um, given our current rules, so assuming that they, there's no constitutional amendment to let him serve longer terms or he doesn't you know, take over or something else, as things stand, he should be president to 2023. Um, so that's one thing to, to say. Um, if you are dissatisfied, um, sorry. If you are um, excited about this prospect, congratulations. Um, Atiku, the contestant, is contesting the results of the elections. He has already declared that he rejects the results of these elections. Now, how that will be explored, we don't know yet. But I can tell you one thing that seems to be the apparent strategy. He seems to be, he seems to have during the election sent around agents all around the country and very 
various zones that he felt would be strongholds of his opponents with body cameras. And apparently, a lot of those cameras caught Volta irregularity. By Volta irregularity, I mean like ball stamping and ball box stealing, all that types of stuff on body cameras. And the and my expectation is that a, a legal challenge will be mounted to the election itself off of the evidence collated from those cameras or something else. I, I don't, I'm not an insider, I don't quite know. So, however, one thing to remember, and you guys might remember that we reported this a couple of weeks back, is that this strategy may already be handicapped because President Buhari has put the Chief Justice of Nigeria, the Supreme Court of Nigeria, under investigation. So, um, the judicial system in itself is handicapped to some degree. So, the ability for a legal challenge to work might already have been uh, strategically uh, minimized by the Buhari administration. Now, one thing to also pay attention to is the way the elections um, came about. Let's look at some, some, some just the, the way the elections ran. One, the election was postponed a week. You guys remember we spoke about this uh, briefly last week and talked about you know the elections, how about how people were upset about the election being postponed, logistical issues. Um, one week later, in some areas there was late voting, there were all types of logistical issues. However, there was a lot of, of there were a lot of videos on social media showing um, ballot box snatching, snatching. <laughs> my my Nigerian accent almost popped out. They almost popped out of me. But uh, we, we, uh, we you know, I'm not ashamed of my accent, but I don't think I've said the word snatching before. But we are here. We're surviving. Anyways, um, going back to the point, um, a couple of things to note. One, there are videos showing, you know, ballot box snatching, voter def active voter disenfranchisement by having thugs and, and people who are paid to essentially bully people from voting in one direction or or things like that away. Um, there were targeted areas of many major cities that seem to have, they, they seem to have been rockers being caused there so that the people there who might have swayed in the direction of one person or another were, were discouraged from voting. So many videos like that on, on camera, we live in the social media age, more now than any other time in our, in our history where all this stuff is recorded. Um, and the question is to see what does that what what does that actually end up mattering in any whatsoever other than some awareness of what to expect next time because everybody has seen it and, and knows that these are things that happen in elections now w one thing that had come up before the election according to my understanding is that there was an electoral electoral uh, reform bill that was supposed to make the electoral electoral process more efficient um cause the coalition centers where they counted the votes to have to send the results immediately electronically to the total collection uh collation center and things like that but that bill apparently was not signed for by the president who signs bills um people are saying that maybe this was because the results would have as such swayed against his favor or would have minimized his ability to cheat the elections or, or whatever we don't know that to be a fact um so we're not going to say that this is the case but that is just a perspective that some people have um but now that he has, in fact, won the election, it is important that Nigeria has thorough and comprehensive election reform. One opportunity in, in that area is electronic voting. Um, it is technology that exists, technology that the budget of the, uh, the regulatory commission for the elections can't afford. So it is one thing that should be made 
you know, should be pushed for. Even even as we've you know seen elections come and go, I don't think people in Nigeria should should relax and 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 take it easy and say, all right, you know, the results are, are, are what they are. But I think this is a time to look at what has happened and use that as evidence to make a case and and throw their support and throw their weight behind um, an electoral an electoral uh, electoral reform bill, making it more efficient, making it safer, making it free and fair, freer and fairer, and making sure that you know we see that our votes actually count. Till we are a nation in which that happens, um, we will always. We will always struggle, and, and voter apathy will be very hot. Now, speaking of voter vote, voter apathy, um, the understanding was that eighty to ninety million people were registered to vote. They had uh, the tools to do so. They were able to do so. Now, if you remember the overall vote voting tally, it was not much more than thirty million votes, roughly, if that. Thirty million votes overall. So of that 90 million, roughly people, only 30 million of those folks vote, voted. So that represents a 30% voter turnout rate, which is abysmal. Um, now this definitely sways and changes as you you know go across the different states and see where it adds. But generally, the country does have a high degree of voter apathy. So one thing to solve that would certainly be making the process free and fair and be creating guarantees on each person's votes counting you must always also count into into effect that um one that this voter turnout is not much it's not the indicator as a number is not particularly better or worse than many of the previous years um unfortunately our voter turnout has somehow swayed between this 25 percent and um high 30s at best uh, voter turnout in the time that our short democracy has been voting and hosting elections like this so, um, in order to encourage a voting populace that really does um, sway and choose its future and choose the direction it chooses to go to go in, um, we really need to get more people out voting. So, that's that's one thing to note. Um, the second thing to note is that the Southwest is in fact a swing area. There are a lot of assumptions and presumptions about the Southwest area, and more so than any area, at least in the last two elections, they have been able to choose differently and pick or choose and the elections were tightly fought so it shows that even within certain even down to local government levels um people and families like your dads and moms voting you know, like separate politicians and that's the way it's it's known so that definitely represents um one that there was not a convincing enough candidate in this election to sway the region in one direction altogether but and two that there is choice there that there is no politician that commands and everything goes that certain way now this is specifically addressing uh Bola Tinumbu, who is nicknamed the Jagabon, is a famous uh, Lagos politician. He was the former governor of, of Lagos, has essentially been a kingmaker for just about all of the Lagos governors till then, until now, um, pulling some crazy stunts even with the most recent uh, governorship. They had bullion vines of money driving to his house and he made some very, very cross statements around them. But his grip has at least waned, but I looked into it, and in 2015, um, Lagos was won only by roughly 160,000 votes. Now, for a city where 1.3, 1.4 million people vote, um, that's not that's not a large margin, um, at least for somebody who claims to have a massive amount of influence. In fact, this this year, um, it was won by little over 100,000 votes. 
this time. So the, the influence is certainly fading, um, I think. In addition to that, he just maybe was never that popular, and this might be just really, really great marketing. Beyond being able to choose a governor, his reach in the federal affairs is probably far less than people assume that it is. And then his reach is certainly not stretching over the entire of the southwestern region. So the Yoruba people don't necessarily take everything that he says for granted. Now, one thing to also add to, 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 to consider as well is that we also we don't yet have um, exit polls in our election. So we don't have people vote and then say, I'm a 21-year-old businessman or student uh, doing this, that, and next. So that we can start to demographically understand where voters are aligning. Part of the reason why it doesn't quite matter yet is that our voting, our, our, our parties are not massively separated by ideological divides. Usually it is based on the individual divides of the presidential candidates. So this time, the individual divide of, uh, of Atiku and Burai was more uh, socialist, sort of, versus capitalist, sort of. Um, if that, or business friendly versus not so business friendly. That's probably perhaps more accurate this time. So that really was the divide this time, but we don't necessarily have that. So it's even if you get that, oh, you know, all these people, all the young people voted for this person, you don't necessarily know that that's an indicator of a preference to a certain theology or political theorem or, or something like that. So, however, I do think that as our, our, our politics starts to become more uh, more substance and value based, because I believe that is the trend we are going in, um, we need certainly to have exit polls. So that's certainly one option. I'm it is made far easier, of course, by having electronic voting. Um, one of the things people complained about is that we had a lot of folks on the ballot sheet. There were, it was a big, long ballot sheet where you're voting for a lot of people, and it just takes a long time. And it's very cumbersome. It's a massive thing to try and deal with and to handle. Um, and I'm even I'm I'm betting that even made it difficult to some degree, if anything, to even rig because you're having these massive. Uh, documents, but electronic uh, voting will certainly make that far, far easier. So that's another thing to uh, to 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 emphasize. Now, in addition to that, voter irregularities still persist. Um, videos online showing voter active voter disenfranchisement, um, ballot box stuffing, ballot box snatching, ballot box box throwing away. Literally anything that could have happened to ballot box happened to ballot box. I saw ballot box flies in the air. I saw people chasing after ballot box. I saw people fighting over ballot box. I saw, and this is all social media videos. So you know, it it, uh, it this is a matter of dictator perspective to some degree. Um, but you know, for the volume of information of that nature that we saw out there, it cannot be a. It is unlikely to be a uh, farce. So that being said, this still exists, and the technology certainly is an op opportunity to. To resolve these issues at least to some degree and i guess the final takeaway um for me now is just looking at the electoral process and um what's important there is that one of the things that seems to flare up every time we have these elections is the stench the ugly stench in my opinion of tribalism we start to point fingers saying these people don't hair, don't, you know, they shouldn't be part of the country, this, that, and the next. And I'm not going to specify or, or say anything regarding what areas are typically uh, are targeted. And I think everybody points fingers and, and 
having been a country that was essentially three major tribes and some other tribes brought together by force without any will or choice in the matter. These are growing pains we have to deal with. However, it is my position personally, as I can't add earlier, I believe that the work really is in making it work. We have far more to gain in potential by being together than we can possibly gain by being apart. The lazy leaders will tell you that, oh, we should just leave those guys behind. We should just go away. We should just do this or that or the next. However, I think the guys who will really help our country move forward are the people who will find value in each and every one of us Nigerians, whether it be from north, south, east, west, south, south, no matter what parts of the country, and carry us forward. That's what's important. Those are the kind of leaders we need. And one thing, speaking about leadership, we had a lot of popular, more visible, I would say, third-party candidates, none of whom were able to amass any amount of traction. In fact, I hear that you know, the guy who ended up getting the most votes of the third party, Bruhaha, was actually a gentleman that was fairly less well known, at least in Nigeria, or fairly less visible on social media. Um, one thing that's important to emphasize, um, per our, and, and we recorded an episode a couple of weeks ago where I sat down with my family and we discussed all of the candidates and what their chances are. And we said it frankly, they need to become a force altogether. And initially, they should have built a power base. They should have one Senate seat, they should have done this, down the next, and localized their efforts initially before just attempting to go for the biggest prize with zero experience and no uh, national structure. Um, and that reflected in these elections. I mean, you were seeing their, 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 their counterparts, the incumbents are trying to beat, the heavyweights are trying to be getting hundreds of thousands of votes, whereas they were getting 150, if 8,000. If you saw any of them get 8,000 in any um, region or any state, it was a big deal. And that's, honestly, if that's a third party effort you made, that's pathetic. Um, and Nigeria has at least shown us this time that all of that is just smoke and mirrors. No matter how well you can speak, and this is referencing uh, Kingsley Mogalu, um, Donald Duke et al. Um, no matter how well you can speak, no matter how convincing your plan is, um, you simply have not done the work to build uh, a party. And the parties are what you leverage to win elections. You get a person in front of a major party and these people haven't simply put in the work to do so however maybe perhaps their strategy was as such to in fact lose the elections being well aware that they had very little chance of winning or none at all and then leverage the lights or slight popularity they did get from these elections to build and grow coalitions and build locally in other places i did see that in fact some of their parties won um small concessions won a seat here won a seat there in, in, in other states. So at least that's a first step. And, you know, it's not a time to sit back and say, oh, you know, we're not, we're not going to win, it's over, the mission is over. If we are, or if the goal isn't to, in fact, we reclaim Nigeria, the work has just begun. Um, you don't show up in four years and say you want to run for election again. You start working right now. Um, you should start canvassing. You should start talking to people that are disenfranchised by the results, trying to tell them that, hey, you know, over the next four years, we're going to do our best to make sure we're here for you, we're listening to you. We're building with you. We are going to be your family. That's, in fact, I think what grassroots look like. And that's what it would take for any form of third party candidate to usurp the duopoly that has been PDP and APC in Nigeria. So moving forward, um, I think it is difficult to be optimistic or otherwise about the situation in Nigeria. Um, 
Nigeria is fantastically unpredictable, which is one of the things that makes it, in fact, such a great country to be part of, but also such a difficult country to be part of as well. Um, one thing I can count on is the undying hope of Nigerian people to hope for a better future. However, it, the time has come or the time has long been overdue for us to work towards that better future. So if it means keep, what that means is keeping your local government chairman to, to chairman to, to count on the people who are getting money to be responsible for you should be doing better. Keeping your governors to account, messaging them, you know, meeting with them, emailing them, gathering people to march if they do things wrong, keeping keeping your hands on the nose. If, if the governance of Nigeria is really important to you, it starts by the local government chairman you just voted in. It starts by the state governor you just, just voted in. Do not allow, if you show up in four years to vote for president and then complain again, you are also, unfortunately, um, just as lazy as the third party candidates who show up every four years to run. Um, your ability to affect your country, I think, is a cumulative effort in which you build upon, build upon, and build upon um, influence on smaller uh, smaller localities, local governments and things like that. And that's how I think um, Nigeria changes and not necessarily in, um, it doesn't happen immediately in big uh, grand gestures. Um, and if we keep expecting that, unfortunately, that, that I think would be the wrong way to go. So one thing to note is that the Nigerian stock market did in fact take a hit after the elections. One thing to note, however, is that that pretty much always happens. Um, just to say, regardless of what party has won, it almost always takes a, a hit right after the elections before stabilizing. Um, a lot of countries, that in fact happens to because elections and post-elections in many countries offers uncertainty. You don't know what the position of the new president is going to be. And you don't know if there was going to be any violence. Um, unfortunately, with the Nigerian elections this year, there, were a, there was a lot of violence on there is no official tally I was able to find regarding the numbers of people that were um, hurt or killed or otherwise over the period. Um, so I will reserve thoughts till that information is available. But I thank you all for listening. I thank you all for giving me your time. I really wanted to take my time to wait for the results to come out. Um, they didn't come out until yesterday, and it was important that we didn't give any perspective that was just untrue. Um, we followed we followed the elections closely. It's been as emotionally tasking for us as, as it might have been for you if you were following the news and the results and all of those things. And we'd love to hear your insights. Hit us up on our Instagram at Pod Save Africa. That's really where we're engaging with folks. Um, hit us up on our Twitter at Pod Save Africa. The, the O is a zero. Um, we truly appreciate you guys listening in. Um, you support your words of, of encouragement mean the absolute world to us. We have a lot of phenomenal content coming up. We have a lot of exciting things coming up. We're planning to make big moves and make big shifts. Um, we, For us, it's important that we always keep growing and trying to be the best versions of ourselves. So we appreciate your time. We appreciate everything you've done. Um, we'd like to discuss, we will be discussing these elections and the process of electoral, electoral coverage in further detail later on. I have some exciting stuff I'm working on for you guys. And yeah, thank you so very much and have a wonderful rest of your evening, day, morning, afternoon, all the above. Cheers. This has been Akande Adeyole with Port Save Africa and I wish you a wonderful everything.